People often ask me, do you believe in God? And I say, which God? Uh, Medusa? Ahura Mazda? You know, um, any of the thousands and thousands of gods that are out there. No, I don't see any compelling evidence to believe in a god. I think, my personal opinion, and I'm not a great philosopher in this respect, but my personal opinion is that religion is probably an attempt, an early attempt, a primitive attempt to explain the world, and the easiest way to do it is to invent an agency that is all-powerful and can do all these things that you don't understand. Uh, you're walking along a path, a rock hits you on the back of the head. Perfectly clear day, you look around, you say, somebody threw that rock. Well, if nobody threw the rock, then there must be a rock god or something like that who throws rocks and hits you in the back of the head. You've got to have an explanation for it. We human beings, and all animals, when you come right down to it, they want to have an explanation of the world around them. Oh, I do tricks. I do sleight of hand tricks for dogs and make them nuts. You know, you, you do a thing like, uh, oh, what have I got here? Uh, I did, well, you, well, the, 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 the car, you do this sort of a thing with the dog, and the dog goes nuts when he goes to look where it is, because we've spoiled his expectation of the world. No, I didn't put it away, I put it in here. Um, it has spoiled the dog's expectation of the world, and it really worries them. You see them actually, and they're worried, they're really grieved by it, they're, they're bothered by it, and uh, more crazy dogs just because they come in contact with me. But it challenges them in a way that they've never been challenged before because their expectations of a real world aren't, have not been met. And that's what happens with people. They want an explanation. And inventing a god or a series of gods, a whole panoply of gods, a panorama of gods of you, is a very easy way to do it. Oh, I don't have to think about rain because that's the rain god and that's how the water comes down out of the sky. That's the easy way to do it, in my opinion. This is my own personal um, analysis of the situation. Uh, it may or may not be true. I don't know. Be advised that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode, we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical, it's political, and there is no welcome, Matt. Welcome, everybody, to episode 24 of Cognitive Dissonance. Uh, we're glad to have you guys here, and we've got some stories that are... It's been a bizarre week. These stories are fucking bizarre, Cecil. They're all over the map, all over the fucking map. So for this story, we actually have a uh, special guest. We've got Patrick Redmond on. He's from uh, Skeptics in the Pub. And uh, this is a story um, about curing HIV with anointing water. Can, uh, sorry, can I just sound from Skeptic in the Pub, Birmingham? Because there's about 40-odd of them over here in England. And there's a few oh, yeah, in the I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> they are in the pub over there like fucking mad, okay? So you gotta, you got to be, you gotta be specific, I think. Yeah. People will know yeah. there is, you know, Birmingham. Yeah, I, I, I don't want people yeah, to think I'm setting myself as some kind of emperor of the Skeptic in the Pubs. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like to think of you as the quintessential <laughs> Skeptic yeah. in the Pub. You know, I think, Patrick, this is your time to seize power. I think this is, <laughs> this is your moment. So I think... You should go for it. Uh, the story that we're going to talk about here is uh, about curing HIV with anointing water. 
there are at least at least six people who found this cure to be somewhat lacking. <laughs> and by somewhat lacking, I mean completely deadly. Yeah. Turns out that water is a cure for thirst. Yeah. But not right. HIV. Right, right. They should have used Gatorade. That's I the think. thing. Like, shouldn't they have gone to some kind of like a, an AIDS quencher? Wouldn't that, have, wouldn't that have worked better? This is uh, anointing water. Uh, you know, maybe 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 they're just doing this wrong. I would think, just knowing what I know about like power waters and the power sure, of water, sure. that yeah, this right, this right. would be a surefire win. But no, at least six people have died. The church boasts it has a one hundred percent success rate. I think they're right. They are 100% successful in killing people with HIV. They have never yet deviated from that path. This, this is not that much different to uh, homeopathy, is it, really? Because, like, the water's got exactly the same potency as, <laughs> as homeopathy and has exactly the same clinical effects as homeopathy. It's right. just that this is... Holy homeopathic <laughs> remedies is, uh, well, yeah, absolutely incredible. I, I couldn't, could not, well, I suppose I could believe this story, unfortunately, when I read it, but just incredible. I can't, can't get my head around it. What, what do you think, Patrick, that a, that a church has to gain from even saying something like this to I its parishioners? I think, I think that it's the logical extension of a supernatural belief, isn't it? Because the supernatural belief is right. that God can do anything. And then he sets himself up with the church, particularly this this particular church, which is very evangelical, kind of crazy. I don't know if you've looked at any of the other statements of <laughs> TB Joshua, the prophet of the church. But um but the logical extension is that they can do these things and they can cure HIV. It's a big thing to claim, but they're not afraid to go out and claim it, and so they do. But I just think it, it it's tantamount to some kind of murder or manslaughter or it's just absolutely incredible that they can do this and not face any kind of repercussions or legal punishments. You would think that the parishioners would eventually <laughs> well, find they out. Well, they dropping you off. Know I mean? <laughs> Where's that guy right. I was to last week? He's not there anymore. You know, you, you're sitting in a church pew and the guy who used to sit next to you doesn't sit next to you anymore, right? Yeah. You're like, man, yeah. that guy used to cough all the time during church. It's so much quieter. What the fuck? Where'd that guy go? Yeah, seriously. Like, I don't understand. Like, like it's almost like, uh, I guess you're just, it's, it's like lying to your friends when you're a kid that you have a Lamborghini right. at home. And then, you know, you take them to your house. They're like, where's your Lamborghini? Oh, it's at the shop. You know what I mean? Like, what do you, how do you, how do you get around this? I don't understand how this even works. Like, like what I, un, what I get is that they are trying to exert their power over their parishioners. There's that magical thinking, I think, that leads into it. But there's no benefit to this. I mean, I really don't see a benefit as a – I mean, you could say something like, oh, maybe we're going to try to heal this. But I think to say we 100 percent can heal you with water and then your parishioners die, that's really bad for publicity. Yeah, yeah. But, but what they have is they have that, um, that caveat in there that lots of faith healers have and uh, also lots of alternative medicine people have is that if you don't get healed – then it's because your faith wasn't right, good enough. Right, right. So you have to really, really properly believe and properly give yourself over to God and all that kind of stuff. And then this magical water that they're going to spray in your face, that's going to do the job. <laughs> but but if, if you're not sincere in your belief, then it's not going to happen in eight. It's your fault that you've died. It's nothing to do with them. So wait a minute. So, if they yeah. spray me in the face with water, you're saying it wouldn't, yeah. it wouldn't fix me because <laughs> I don't believe in the power of... 
their magic Gatorade or whatever. Like that's not that's, you. You're a godless heathen. You're gonna shit. The house, right? <laughs> what if it's like pasta yeah, water? You're gonna that? get AIDS first, Tom. That's the you know they're gonna give you AIDS and then they're gonna send you to that hell, Tom. I mean you're really fucked. You're you're like double super fucked. bad actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know the thing is like the church. Here's what occurs to me though is that the church has never been asked to give any proof before ever. Like that's not let's say that's not what they do. You know, churches don't have to give you as a parishioner. They don't ever have to offer you any proof that something works. They just tell you it works, right? They're just like, hmm, works. Yeah. Salvation, God, Jesus, whatever it is, it just works. It just works. And the parishioner's like, well, it came from this figure of authority. And so now there's really not a substantial difference in them saying, well, you know, we we can cure AIDS. We, we can cure cancer. We can cure anything we want with you know, magic holy water or what have you. Nobody's even going to approach them and say, well, how? How the fuck does this work? Can I see your success? And no one's going to ask for evidence. You're at church. That's yeah. not the place to ask for fucking evidence, right? Right. That's the right. place to be like, ooh, evidence. Hey, don't say the E word around here. Yeah. <laughs> Who I feel bad for, I think I feel the worst for, is the children in this church uh, because they don't get the chance to make the decisions about their own health care. Uh, and so I, there's a chance that they could be, you know, if they're doing this with AIDS, I'm sure they're doing it with lesser afflictions as well. And, you know, if the kid is very sick, there's a possibility they're not treating it. They're just anointing them. And that's not, you know, that's not good for the innocents involved in this. Have, have you been to the main website for this church, the uh, main international web ch- website? It's the uh, Synagogue Church of All Nations. <laughs> synagogue How does that even church work? <laughs> synagogue Church Temple <laughs> Mosque of All Nations. <laughs> it's the Synagogue Church of All Nations, and you should check out their main website because uh, they've got this uh, um charismatic um, prophet called T.B. Joshua on there. And there's all videos of him. And there's one bit where he's making this claim about an American hero who's going to die. And uh, what he says in this claim is fantastic. It's absolutely great. He's, uh, he says, I had this dream three days ago that this American hero is going to die. He's been battling with the disease for a long, long time. He doesn't, make, doesn't name the hero or anything like that. Well, of course he's, not. Sure. He says, and, uh, and he might die. He's fighting the earth. But we could maybe pray and we could change this. And then he cuts to some film of Steve Jobs and all about Steve Jobs. And the implication is that the American <laughs> hero that he saw was Steve Jobs. And uh, they tried to save Steve Jobs a prayer, but it didn't work and he died. But uh, this is conclusive proof that TV Joshua has prophetic powers. And also on the website is some beautifully marketing labeled bottles of this miracle water that they're selling and putting out and it's got like branding and everything on it and there's whole bottles telling you about how it works and the biblical tradition behind how God can heal people through things like Moses's cloak and um, somebody's <laughs> something or other or whatever <laughs> and God can put his work through this water and it's all on there fantastic synagogue oh, church man. of all nations check them out I, I'm looking at the site and it is a very slickly designed site I will admit that they, they paid somebody to make this <laughs> site because it is very slick I will have to I'll have to put this in the rotation mm-hmm. and I, and I want to thank you Patrick for coming on and be, being very well researched unlike the yeah, host no. <laughs> so like, we appreciate the, when people come on and they're way more researched than we are about the owner yeah, we're going to have to edit that yeah, out. Right? <laughs> well, you know, I would believe in Moses' cloak because it's plus five. So, yeah. <laughs> plus five cloak. Only if you use a 20-sided dice and you're only on a Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
these people with AIDS didn't have a saving throw, though. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> would, they just, they, just they, they threw low on you that You would one. think the church would start with the cold, right? Like, we have a 100% success rate yeah. in curing a cold. <laughs> Start Can small. we go with a cold? Like, somebody, like, walks into the church like... <laughs> I got the fucking sniffles, man. I've had them for like four days. What you got? Oh, here's some water. Boop, 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 boop. Oh, I feel much better. Thanks. Yeah, right, well, they're going right, right. to AIDS. That's yeah. ballsy. They are. Man. <laughs> That's a step. That's for uh, sure. Well, there's, there's a notice on there. You can probably add that, but I'm just got their website up and it's flicking through. And there's a notice that their Facebook page has been temporarily removed. Is on their website. Aww. I wonder if that's fallout from what's happening on this. That'll be something quite unique. Probably. I would imagine. I can't, I can't see how yeah. they can't be prosecuted. If you give somebody advice, telling them categorically that if they stop taking medication, that is going to extend their life and make their life better, and that they should stop that so that they can have some water sprayed in their face. How can that yeah. not be a criminal offence? It's your country, you tell me. Here in America, we'd elect them, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So, so yeah, okay. so it's, it's a sad story. I mean, like, we, we're laughing on it, but it is a sad story because that's six right, people with right. families who died and everything, and I'm sorry to get kind of serious. But it's an insane story, and we should not, in the 21st century, still have people who believe that they can be healed with bits of water being splashed on them. That should not be happening. <laughs> what, we had a, somebody a while back tell us that the that the mail, the Daily Mail, is not a, a, a paper you should be reading. Is this like a is it like a joke paper? Is this story a joke? It's not a joke. Uh, it was picked up in your other great paper, wasn't it? The Huffington Post. <laughs> 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 Well, there you have it, folks. Oh, okay. All right. I want the listeners to forget everything they heard for the last 10 minutes. Uh, no, seriously, though, what, what's the deal with the, this the paper? Da- the Daily Mail is um, on, on a skeptical sort of scientific liking circle. The, scale, the Daily Mail is referred to as a daily fail and <laughs> regularly scores a zero or one out of 10. And okay. they have this campaign, if you look it up, uh, which some skeptics have picked up, which is the, the Daily Mail Oncology Project, uh, whereby they take every piece of matter in the universe and separate it either into this will cause cancer or this will cure cancer. So drinking coffee will cause cancer. But if you read a few months later on, they'll have an article saying drinking coffee will cure cancer. <laughs> <laughs> and, and somebody's gone through years and years of back dates of the Daily Mail and they've brought up this massive brilliant thing where the Daily Mail seems to have just separated the entire of the universe into things that either will or won't cause cancer. <laughs> oh my God. Element that, by element, they're like, oh. okay, fucking... Strontium cures. Ca- <laughs> they are they are not good. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. And you know, faith healing in churches. I know people. I know sure. people who belong to evangelical churches. And I remember one of my friends saying that her husband who couldn't work for six months, he'd had his back healed, and he was great. And uh, he applied for work, and three days later, he was crippled again. Oh, God. Because he, he got that boost. He had that three-day boost right. from having all the hands laid on right. him, and he thought that he was all fine and great. And then three days later, he was laid back he out again. He was definitively not great, it turns out. That is yeah. the opposite. <laughs> yeah. So Patrick's going to join us at the end of the show uh, when he's going to do a quick interview about his podcast, uh, Skeptics in the Pub, Birmingham. Uh He's also going to talk about the website and the blog that he runs. Uh, so you're going to want to 
fast forward to the end, just like you did with uh, with Sean Fairclaw's episode. <laughs> you don't want to just skip ahead until you get there, until you get to right around somewhere, you know, near the end of the podcast. Roll it back just a touch, and you'll probably catch Patrick's voice. Uh, if you hear any vulgarities in between, that's us. So you're going to want to skip ahead to the end. The next story we're going to cover is uh, out of Yahoo News, um, and this is actually... Uh, from a Kentucky church. What a perfect place for it. Right. Yahoo No news. kidding, a bunch of fucking <laughs> yahoos. Kentucky church bans interracial marriage. Um, because... What's that? I can't hear you back in the 50s. <laughs> you know, the conservatives often talk about, you know, this idea, like this golden era in America, you know, getting back to that golden time in America where things were simpler and men were men yeah. and women were women, yeah. you know, and our black folk didn't marry our white folk. Right. You know, back in the in the good old days of racist right. bullshit. And uh, leave it to Kentucky. Way to go. You know, it, it can't help but say Kentucky and church yeah. lead this article, right? right. Whenever you see a, an article led by Kentucky Church. You know it's not going to be like Kentucky Church wins Nobel, right? <laughs> that sentence doesn't end. In Kentucky a- <laughs> Church solves all of world's right, problems. Like- world in peace now. <laughs> Kentucky Church cures cancer. <laughs> Kentucky Church makes chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, uh, okay, so so reading this article, basically the this this person uh, a person in the in the church brings. Their black, I think, fiance to church with them, and they sing a song, and then they're basically asked not to come back. Don't come back. Uh, and then this pastor steps down, and then this other person's like, "Well, the pastor's gone, so I'm gonna, you know, let him come back to the church." And the pastor, like, basically has a vote. Well, first off, if your church is voting on whether or not they should allow interracial couples, maybe you should consider another church. I'm just throwing that out there, parishioners. But they may, they have like this vote on whether or not they're going to have, they're going to allow these, this interracial couple to show up. And the first thing that comes to mind when I think about this, Tom, is at least they're consistent in their bigotry, right? They don't like gays marrying. Hey, maybe they don't have to like interracial people marrying either. I mean, at least they're consistent in their bigotry. You know, I actually, I'll be honest, my first thought was, this is what churches, this is the way that churches should oppose gay marriage, right? right? If your church has an issue with something, if your church has a moral stance that it wants to take, it doesn't matter that the moral stance is uh, immoral, as it is in this case, you know, right. or... Clearly yeah, is. It, it, I mean, this is, this is fucking... Some Stone Age shit. I mean, this is ridiculous. Right. This is just fucking ridiculous. But it is their right to say, like, well, you know, I, I don't like this thing. I don't condone this this action. And so I don't want you in my church. That's their right. And it's the same right that churches would have individually as churches to say, well, I'm not going to perform a gay marriage. Okay, cool. Don't perform a gay marriage. I don't give a shit if the Catholic Church ever performs a gay marriage. What I care about is what do the civil authorities allow? Civil authorities, even in Kentucky, allow blacks and whites to get married, right? (laughs) You know, that's the only thing that matters because that's what bestows upon people certain civil rights. You know, the the rights and privileges and responsibilities that a married couple has. This church doesn't want to do it. Then 
and you're a part of this church, you just look at it and be like, wow, I'm not a part of your fucking backwards, backwater, hillbilly, bullshit, Bible-thumping church anymore. Later days, suckers. <laughs> Fuck you. That's a weird sign, too. There's a lot of bees on that <laughs> sign. <laughs> You know, like you said, at least they're consistent. This is their right. I mean, this, and it's actually nice that it's out in the open, right? Because now reasonable, rational, decent human beings will know, oh, well, we don't want to go there because right. they're a bunch of racist fuckwits. I think if they're going to be, if you're going to be bigotry, bigoted and, and be, a, uh, you know, so, uh, so set in stone in your policy, then fine. Just just do that sort of thing and then watch the people leave. And that's what's going to happen. They're just going to leave eventually. Or they're going to throw you out, which is what they should do with this guy. And say, look, dude, I'm sure there's some really, 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 really tiny town that would love to have you go there. Right, right. Lord, the day is at hand. We are in the last days. You are Jehovah God. So Michelle Bachman hit another one out of the park. This woman is fucking spectacular. What a winner. I love this. I love Michelle Bachman. I can't wait to be able to not vote for her because she's not going to win anything. <laughs> oh, gosh. This woman couldn't win in anything. Con and there is no contest I, right now she I'm could sorry, win. Tom. She is a fucking House of Representatives. Stop saying that. She has won a she thing. She does not represent any. No, God. She could win the Crazy she Eyes has, contest. That's she about has won it. a thing. She has won a thing in the past. She looks like Skeletor. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I would defeat her by the powers of Grey Skull. That's all I'm. <laughs> Attack her with Battle Cat. <laughs> oh my God! He pulled out Battle Cat for that one. Well, she's got some lofty plans for American diplomacy, such as uh, getting a, uh, removing our embassy from Iran, which is not there. It'd be easy to remove. <laughs> Like, hold on, Michelle, let me remove that for you. Hey, it's gone. Bloop. <laughs> you fucking retard. I love the line. You know, Huffington Post is not snarky at all. Let me read the exact title of this article. Michelle Bachman, U.S. Embassy in Iran, in parentheses here it says, which doesn't exist, <laughs> would be closed under my watch. <laughs> You know, you know, and there's a great line. Okay, Herman Cain left the race too, Tom. Well, no, uh, he's suspended. Whatever, yeah. he's gone. He's still anyway, like the liver. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Herman Cain, Herman Cain is is leaving the race too because of uh, extramarital affair. Blah 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 blah. And there's this great line uh, from the Onion that I'm going to quote here, and it's for their it's for an article that just came out. Rumors of extramarital affair and campaign of president, presidential candidate who didn't know China has nuclear weapons. And I feel like when you listen to that, that is exactly how we feel about these people. You know, she doesn't know Iran has uh, – ha doesn't have an embassy. But she – you know, she's closer than Herman Cain who had an ex extramarital affair, right? But Herman Cain obviously, you know, n doesn't get – you know, ousted or doesn't get like shitty polls for not understanding politics or policy or any of that stuff. He gets it for some sort of, you know, moral police right. get to tell him right. not to do it. And she's got the same thing's going to happen to her when her husband is caught like, you know, balls deep in a fucking 12 year old. <laughs> they're going to be like, you know, OK, well, now she can't run either. And that's what's you know, that's what's going to knock her out of the race. Not fucking ridiculous, bad, awful gaffes like this, which if you were in office, like, we would be 
30 seconds away from nuclear war. Oh, my God. This is a woman who believes we are in the end times. Wh- right. No, why would you want somebody who believes the world is going to end to be in if- charge <laughs> of the future of the world? If you're looking for a disqualifier, that's it, right. in my opinion. Right. There- that's the disqualifier. You know, there hasn't been an embassy in Iran for 31 years. It's not like, it's not like they just stopped last night. You know, and she woke up and she didn't get the fucking memo. It's been 31 years since 1980. I was two. Well, she was fucking, she's 55 now. So she was in her 20s. Yeah, this would have been relevant political news at the time for somebody who aspired to politics. She's, she's, I can't believe though, Tom, this is the political system that we have though, where somebody who makes perfectly like awful completely um, baseless claims that have no attachment to reality whatsoever, they somehow don't ha- don't have to answer for those those gaffes. But when some sort of moral issue comes up that has nothing to do with them ruling, I mean, come on, what what is uh, what if Herman Cain is fucking somebody? Yeah, it else? makes no real difference. Who fucking it makes cares? No difference. Who cares? Yep. Don't care. I'm not. I Doesn't wouldn't hire matter. the guy. I wouldn't care. Let's say I was interviewing a guy. Let's say you were interviewing a guy for a job, and he was great for the job. He was everything you wanted, and then you find out he was he was getting a little something on the side. You wouldn't give a shit. Well, is his wife hot? <laughs> <laughs> so I hear your wife might be uh, untended. Available. <laughs> Nobody been tilling the garden at home. <laughs> I just feel like I feel that that our political system has come to this point where now we don't care about the qualifications of the candidate. We don't care about their intelligence level. We don't care about how they speak or what they know. We only care that they haven't put their penis or their vagina in a place where we don't think they should put it. And that's outrageous. Well, it's part of this idea that we're trying to hire our buddy. Right. That that we want that we want our president to be likable. We want him likable. I don't like that guy. I like that guy. Oh, he seems like an average guy. He seems like a normal guy like me. Let's keep the average guys out of fucking office, please. There's a fucking nation of average people that shouldn't be president. Right. That's my answer. Right. We we are full of people who go to churches in Kentucky. I'm just saying. <laughs> if you're involved in the gay and lesbian lifestyle, it's bondage. It is personal bondage personal despair and personal enslavement and that's why this is so dangerous it's a very sad life it's part of satan i think to say that this is gay it's anything but gay so another win for michelle bachman um she had a uh, a shot at chatting with a teenager um in the uh, lgbt community and uh she really acquitted herself wonderfully uh, basically the teenager uh, asked her this was a, a, a like one of those uh, town hall type things in uh, in Iowa, and uh, microphone gets to this kid. This kid says, "You know, what would you do for the LGBT community?" And then Michelle Bachman goes on this <clears throat> sort of like crazy aside about special rights, and eventually devolves into, "Well, gays have all the same rights that heterosexuals have because they can get married as long as they marry people they're not sexually attracted to." We're not giving these people 
different rights. We're just allowing them to marry another consenting adult, which is how the, the law should be written anyway. It should be written you're, you're marrying, legally marrying someone who is a consenting adult. Who cares what sex they are? What about you know, what about hermaphrodites? What do they get to do? Right. They're fucked. Right. Well, or or not. Or or they're like the you know the the universal blood type, so to speak. <laughs> you know, where they can they can do whatever they want. They're the, they're the blank tile in Scrabble. You can call it yeah. when you put it down. <laughs> Seriously though, like. Like, what is it? What is it that we care so much about? And why does Michelle Bachman care? Again, she doesn't know there's an embassy in not an embassy in Iran. Yet she's able to to talk about stuff like this, like she understands what the Constitution really means. And again, dealing strictly with where people put their private parts. Right. Well, look, this conversation she had with this teenager highlights the absurdity of her position. And, and really, if you were to take that same conversation, the same response that she had, right, and, and just take out sexual politics and insert racial politics and then replay the whole same conversation, you could very right. easily have an answer that says, well, look, black people have the same rights as white people. They can get married as long as it's to black people. We had those laws. Kentucky churches like them. Right. They were called, they were anti-miscegenation <laughs> laws. We had those laws. They were in place. She kept going back to this. Well, it's the law of the land. It's the law of the land. The law of the land is unjust. So right. you cannot you cannot fall back on well it's the law, and so they don't get special rights. The exact same argument can be made, just substituting racial terms for sexual terms, and and it, it's obvious then how horrifyingly unjust it is. But like you said, Cecil. We're obsessed here in America with what people are doing with their junk. Like, I, I, I feel like at some point, you get, like, everybody's going to have to have a blog. Like, here are the places my junk has been today. Right. You know? <laughs> iPhone, taken from my iPhone. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Shit I've done with my junk. Yeah. Today, my penis right. has been in the following places. Yeah. <laughs> Mine's a very short <laughs> list of places. <laughs> Shortest blog ever. <laughs> yeah, you could tweet that shit. <laughs> I don't even need all 140 characters. <laughs> Tidy URL. <laughs> oh, man. That's awesome. Do you solemnly swear to tell the truth, all truth, and nothing but the truth? Why don't you answer him? He's talking big right now. I don't know what he's saying. He's asking you if you swear. No, but I know all the words. He's asking you if you'll swear to tell the truth. Truth is stranger than fiction, Judgey Wudgey. <laughs> so the Senate uh, passed a bill recently. Uh, this is an article from... Uh, Zerohedge.com. I almost said ITT Tech because it's the first thing I saw at the top of the page. The ad is bigger than the, the page. We like ads, yeah. Um, this is an article of from uh, Zerohedge.com. The Senate actually passed a bill today allowing for the indefinite detention of Americans um, and uh, considers a bill authorizing torture. Um, it's it, The Senate... Do they not understand that they can't pass bills that are in direct violation of the Constitution? That, that you could take an eighth grade civics test and know that the indefinite detention of American citizens is in direct 
violation of basic constitutional rights. They don't understand. Obviously, don't understand, Tom, because they passed this bill. Are there no minimum competency requirements? I, evidently not. All you need to do is make sure <clears throat> that you you tweet where your junk goes, and you could get elected, no problem. Well, I guess it doesn't work. It doesn't work with Wiener. But other than that, <laughs> other people. No, but I I, I don't understand this. I, I why are, why exactly? What is this, the big threat that we are so afraid of at this point that we are? Taking away right after right of people in this country, what the fuck happened to uh, to due process? What happened to that? Isn't that part? I mean, isn't that part of the 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 American legal system in the Bill of Rights? Isn't that part of all that? In all criminal prosecutions, the accused shall enjoy the right to a speedy and public trial by an impartial jury of the state and district wherein the crime shall have been committed, which district shall have been previously ascertained by law, and to be informed of the nature and cause of the accusation, to be confronted with the witnesses against him, to have compulsory process for obtaining witnesses in his favor, and to have the assistance of counsel for his defense. It's the Sixth Amendment to the United States Constitution. It's fucking clear as day. We have a right to due process. How do you pass a law that says, eh, no, you don't? If you, here's the thing. If you want to rid us of our right of due process, amend the Constitution. You have to have a two-thirds vote, and you'll have a revolution. You know, it says at the bottom of this article, Tom, it says that, uh, I'm actually on a different article. This one was posted by Lou. It's about the same, uh, it was posted on our Facebook page by Lou, and it's about the exact same Uh, topic, but at the bottom of the article, I'm going to read directly from it. This comes from RT.com. I'm going to read, President Barack Obama has pledged in the past that he would veto the legislation if it made made it through Congress. And a White House official told the AP on Thursday that the threat still stands. So hopefully this doesn't doesn't go through. And, you know, I've said this before on the show, but I I think it bears repeating. I I, I can't feel this more strongly, but, you know, I understand that that the government has a responsibility to protect the safety of its citizens. I understand that. I do, and I, I respect and I appreciate that. But protecting your country has to be about more than protecting the physical safety of the citizens. It has to be about protecting the ideals and values that a country is established on and maintains. And when you sacrifice all of those ideals in order to gather together a little bit of physical safety in order to make sure that 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 we don't have any terrorist bombings you know we're going to violate the sixth amendment to the constitution you're changing america you're not protecting america you're you're distorting it at this point and we are not safer because of it we are much much less safe and and the values that the country is founded on become less they, they you're denigrating the, the very uh, foundational beliefs that this country was built upon. And you're doing that in order to, to, to have a little bit more personal safety, you know, to protect people from, from terrorists. It's not worth it. Tom, you and I have been talking about this for five, six years. We've been talking about it on Everyone's a Critic for years about how indefinite detention is just horrible. And we thought it was horrible when we, when we were picking up people on battlefields and doing it to them. 
you and I were rallying against Absolutely. saying this is an awful, stupid idea. You're basically also allowing other countries then to hold our people indefinitely without any sort of recourse. You're basically giving them permission to do that. See, so you hit the nail on the head. Everybody wants to fucking piss and moan about big government. I'm scared they're going to take all my money in taxes and then they're going to spend it on helping poor people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of afraid that the government has the right to, uh, you know, strip away the Sixth Amendment of the Constitution. I think that's kind of a bigger fucking deal. Yeah. I hope he, I hope he fucking vetoes the fuck out of this. I hope he pisses on the I bill. I do, too. I hope he fucking unzips his pants and pisses on the bill in veto. I want to see his tiny URL. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think this kind of, this is very important. I'm, I want to talk very briefly about American exceptionalism and then apply it very directly to one example of how big the change needs to be. Despite the fact that our current president has managed to avoid explaining on at least four occasions that we are endowed by our creator, the fact is what makes American exceptionalism different is that we are the only people I know of in history to say power comes directly from God to each one of you. We've got to now play a clip. Uh, Newt Gingrich, another GOP candidate, um, really speaking his mind about the important issues uh, of the day. And so I come around to this question. A very poor neighborhood. You have kids who are required under law to go to school. They have no money. They have no habit of work. What if you paid them part-time in the afternoon to sit at the clerical office and greet people when they came in? What if you paid them to work as the assistant librarian? What if, and, and, and I'd pay them as early as is reasonable and practical, okay? What if you, what, and, and this, then we get into the janitor thing, and I get these, these letters are written that say, janitorial work is really hard and really dangerous, and it's this and that. I go, fine, so what if they became assistant janitors and their job was to mop the floor and clean the bathroom. Yeah, fucking, I have never seen a more non-sequitur <laughs> thing than that. And I've watched, like, David Lynch films. <laughs> yeah, like, we're just going to get rid of child labor laws and put kids to work cleaning the fucking school because they're poor? Yeah, that's going to go over well as a child, too, right? Like, here I am, I'm the poor kid, and I've got to clean up after all the other kids. Right. And all, that doesn't that doesn't affect me as a child. Stigmatize you terribly. Look at the article. Gingrich said his idea would be beneficial because the kids have no habit of work. Nobody works harder than poor people. Okay, so when I was a kid, I had, uh, I was a pretty industrious little kid. I didn't have a lot of money when I was growing up. So what I would do is I would just like find jobs to do. I would just run out and, like, try to mow lawns, try to shovel snow. I was shoe shining when I was a kid. I was delivering papers. I was a pretty industrious kid. My dad was out of work for, like, seven years when I was a child. I didn't need to learn the, the benefits of work. I learned those very early because everyone learns those very early because the benefits of work are pretty fucking simple. I work, you pay me money. It's not, it's not rocket science. It's fucking, it's a fucking simple transaction, man. Child labor laws exist for a fucking reason. You know, you start rolling these things back for, uh, you, you know, to, to allow kids to uh, work and be a janitor in a school. You know, I think it's telling, too, that, like, he suggests, well, just let them be janitors. Let them clean the bathroom and mop the floor. Great. Great. So, 
while kids from middle class and upper middle class and, and wealthy neighborhoods get to wake up in the morning and go to school and come home and, you know, be involved in extracurriculars and study and uh, improve their educational lot in life, because that is, as we have all seen, the real path to success, the real path toward the American dream. Absolutely. You know, those kids are the ones that go to Yale, Princeton, Harvard, you know, the, the, the big schools, because they don't, you don't get in with just good grades anymore. You have to do 15 fucking other things. You know, how's it going to look when you said, well, what'd you do after school? Oh, well, fuck. Now the child labor laws have been partially repealed. My family needs money. I woke up and during the only period of my life where I might be able to actually focus on my studies and on myself and my ability to get into college to better my fucking 40, 50, 60 year game plan of my life, I was mopping a floor. What I see this as is a way for him to basically say, hey, train them young. Train them to be manual laborers right. young. Uh, I... You know, I, I look back on that time, and I'm, I I completely agree with you, Tom. I did do odd jobs to try to get money, but I would have much fucking preferred to do a couple of chores around the house and be a kid. Yeah. There's kids out there right now doing the exact same goddamn thing I did when I was mm-hmm. a kid. But you know where they're not? They don't have their head in a book. They don't, they're not being kids. They're not being fucking children, which is what you should allow children to be if you expect them to one day grow up to be adults. If you force them to be adults too early, you get me, a big giant fucking kid. (laughs) Well, and who wants to compete for their job with a nine-year-old? You know, like like all of a sudden people are going to be like, I would like to do that work. I have a family to feed. I need a money. I need a money. Yeah. I'm a grown ass man. I need a fucking money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. We gave your job to fucking Timmy. Really? Yeah. Because that's fucking insane. Gingrich also says that, that poor kids have no habit of work. Yeah. Well, well, fuck you. That's bullshit. It's bullshit. But poor kids, I'll be honest, Tom, you know, I, I, I've known a lot of poor kids and they know the habit of work because their parents work two or three fucking jobs. Right. Right. It's it, it, it's it's. It's based on this false idea that um, folks who are poor don't work, that they're fucking layabouts, that they're, you know, well, they don't have a habit of work. And he's basically saying, like, well, there's no model for it at home. You know, fuck you in the ass. Nobody works harder. Nobody works harder than people who are struggling every day to survive. That's horseshit. That's utter horseshit. Give up your fucking, give up your fucking... Your excess one day, Gingrich, to be a working poor person in this country. You would fucking die. You would die <laughs> if you had to fucking do half of the work that, that these, you know, the people that work in my office, the cleaning people, the the people who work downstairs, the security guards, the people, you know what I mean? Right. Like, like there's all these people that don't make a lot of goddamn money that do a shitty job all day. And they come in every day and they work as hard as they can to help their family, whether that's, you know, their kids or their, you know, their their mother and father or whatever to to, to stand up there and lie to keep this American sort of uh, privilege going is bullshit. It's just total bullshit. You don't understand anything about the way the world works. You're so fucking uh, isolated in your giant fucking gated off community that you have no idea what a regular person has to go through on a normal basis. I don't understand how anybody applying for public office suggests that we repeal child labor laws. Yeah, this guy's a fucking moron, so he's not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Newt's going to crawl back underneath the rock he came out of. We're going to take a break now to give you an opportunity to send in all of your complaints, your hate mail, your phone calls, your emails, your Text messages, all that shit your kids are doing with the Facebooks and the Twitters and, 
Uh, just don't send us your tiny URLs, okay? <laughs> no pictures of your tiny URL, please. <laughs> and when we get back, the second half of the show will be just as substandard as the first, I promise. <laughs> you can email these assholes at dissonance.podcast at gmail.com. For more information on this or any other episode, visit the Cognitive Dissonance website, dissonancepod.com. Like our show on Facebook to join in the conversation. Just search for Cognitive Dissonance in Facebook or go to our website for the link. You can converse with us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at dissonance underscore pod. Help us out by retweeting and reposting our shows. You can call us and leave us a message at 740-74-DOUBT. That's 740-743-6828. Long distance rates apply. Your help is fucking greatly appreciated. So a longer video came out recently um, showing about 15 minutes of edited footage. Um, it's almost 16 minutes um, of the UC Davis uh, campus Occupy pepper spray incident. Um, and there's a lot of folks who are saying, well, you know, now that we've seen more footage, the police were totally justified in pepper spraying those kids because those students didn't disperse when they were told to, even though they were told I'm going to use force on your face. <laughs> I'm going to force this in your face. What, what I'm seeing a lot of, and especially in this video, because this video has these, the video that we're, we're, we're talking about has this um, sort of commentary that runs through it. So it's, it's not only edited, but it also has this commentary that pops up on the screen to tell you what you should think. And... Obviously, the person who's writing it has this sort of agenda, right? They're talking about uh, how the police – they start out with the police being shouted down. They use the words shouted down. Uh, And somehow that is a bad thing. It's a fucking protest. What are they supposed to like murmur amongst themselves? Right. Like quietly talk like you're in a fucking library? Like it's a protest. Uh they talk about how they won't let the police through. They won't let them leave. Um, and how and, and again, there's a there's a point at this where a guy walks up to the group of students before he sprays them fucking maliciously in the face with a giant fucking shotgun can of fucking spray paint or whatever the fu- fucking spray mace with a fucking fire fire extinguisher size mace can right walks up to him and says he's going to he's going to he's going to uh, exert force on them if they don't move um just because a police officer tells you they're going to brutalize you before they brutalize you doesn't make the brutality any less of a crime. Uh, if I were interrogating you, Tom, and let's say you were in, in for murder, and I was like, okay, well, uh, Tom, I'm going to put your balls in this drawer, and I'm going to fucking slam them until I give you a fucking vasectomy, uh, unless you tell me what you did, me slamming your balls in the drawer doesn't make it right just because I told you I was going to do it beforehand. That doesn't fucking exonerate me from from all wrongdoing. I am fucking brutalizing you. I am a police officer with a fucking weapon and I am fucking hurting you. And and somehow that 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 just completely the people who are talking about this who are commenting, especially YouTube, because these fucking people are the fucking bottom of the barrel on YouTube. These really, are the, I don't understand. YouTube are, people are insane. These are the dumbest fucking people. 
I think it's like the only site they know how to work on the internet. So they're like, they fucking ook and ah and fucking throw their mouse around until it clicks on a video. And then they somehow fucking fumble fuck around with the keypad to write some fucking stupid shit on here. But you read through these comments and these people are all like, oh, they deserve that. They're a mob. They're, uh, you know, the, the, the police officer said he was going to do it. And once he did it, you know, he said he was going to exert force. Like, you can't just tell people you're going to exert force and then exert force. It's like people walking up to somebody like, I am going to punch you in the nose. Blah. And the police come, you're like, he, I told him. I right, mean, fucking right. fair warning. Gave him fair warning. I was going to break his fucking nose. You, you got to look at the context of the video, Cecil. The students were chanting, sitting, chanting, arms sitting. Oh, they were touching each other. They, you know, they, were they chanting things that, that uh, the police probably didn't want to hear? Oh, yeah. But... Um, somebody needs to fucking sing the Sticks and Stones song right. to the fucking police here, right? It, it, you know, they're, 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 the video purports to show, well, look, you know, they form a ring around the police and the police can't get by. Give me a fucking break. Really? Really? Because there's like fucking 12 or 15 of these cops that are armed. They're standing up. The other guys are sitting down. They can just walk past them. They could just walk past them. I don't know if you knew this, Tom, but the latest police model actually can't go into grass. I've heard if it that. Goes in, if it goes into grass, like the ankle just falls out. I mean, look at this guy. You know, you gotta you gotta fuel these things up with donuts. So there's no way <laughs> that they're gonna be able to walk through that grass. They're gonna get stuck, or they're gonna fall over. It's 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 ridiculous. It, you know, it it does. I will admit that watching the whole video paints them in a better light than just watching the clip. But. They're still definitely in the fucking wrong. These these are students on their own campus. They're sitting. They're chanting. Like you said, that's the fucking nature of protest. A protest is never going to be, hey, everybody, is everybody okay? You want right. us to move? You want us to get out of the way? How are you going to accomplish anything? How are you going to do anything if you're not vocal, really fucking vocal? That's the nature of the fucking beast. And the police coming by and being like, well, if you don't move, I'm going to fucking pepper spray you. Be like, mm, really? Because your other option would be just to leave. The option is, Tom, the other option is to reach over at the end, start at one end of the line, pull the person out, lay them on the ground, and put fucking handcuffs on them right. and take them away. Because that's your option, and that's what police do all the fucking time. Yeah. A regular police officer uses his non-lethal weapons in such a way as uh, only if they are actually in danger. I've watched fucking hundreds of hours of cops. I am a fucking cops addict. I watch <laughs> cops constantly. And I'm telling you, man, it's a rare occurrence when they pull something out of their fucking belt to actually yeah. deal with somebody. It's a rare occurrence. They walk up on cars with their gun drawn on occasion, but you know what? When they are pulling somebody out of that car, it is super rare that they're going to tase them or they're going to spray them. Right. Most of the time, they just they just pull them right out of the car and they force them to the ground and then they handcuff them because the police are allowed to use physical force. I understand that. But macing someone is completely different than pressing someone on the ground and fucking handcuffing them. It's a completely different process. These people went to the emergency room after this. Well, you know what it strikes me as? It strikes me as, as honestly, it strikes me as lazy. Yeah, right? I, I agree. It's I agree. just like, well, I don't, they, they seemed, I watched the whole video, they seemed befuddled, they seemed like they didn't know what to do. You know, you're right, they, sh they should just pull people out one by one, starting at the end. 
you know, fucking separate their arms and, and take care of business. That's what right. you do. You want to arrest them? Fine. We have a court system that will prosecute them or not prosecute them. You know, that's that's the nature of the justice. We have a whole system developed to deal with this sort of thing. It's just it's just lazy. Just be like, oh, fuck, they won't do the thing I want them to do. Spray them with a food additive. Yeah. Base essentially a food. It's additive. just MSG. It's yeah, actually just, just MSG. Just, yeah, they're actually hungry for more pepper spray. Thirty minutes later, gotta use the accent. <laughs> <laughs> I pour Mrs. Dash all over these fucking kids. <laughs> I just feel like the people who watch this video, and I've I've seen it on Facebook a lot this week because it it just popped up. And ton of people are putting it all over their Facebook page being like, when you watch the whole story, it changes your mind, blah, 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 blah. Those are people who already made up their minds beforehand about this thing. Right. And they're, exactly. and they're, and they're just reinforcing their opinions because some jackass wrote some shit on a screen. I watched this video and I had the exact same opinion I had before. You are in my power. You are slowly going into a trap. You are getting sleepy. Sweepy, sweepy, you are completely under my control. <laughs> I command you to be a, a, a canary bird. Oh boy, it works, it works, it's a miracle. <laughs> so this next story, I, is, <laughs> ABC News, therapist brainwashed woman into believing she was in satanic cult. Attorney says um, this story is bizarre. First, it's bizarre because the video that goes with it doesn't match the story. I love at all. when they do that. That's awesome. So you're just like, oh, a video of it. And you're watching. You're like, this is not the same thing. I don't know what's happening here. This psychologist accused of hypnotizing women of believing she possessed multiple personalities and participated in, in satanic rituals may be sued by several others who are also told the same. Um this story is just fucking cuckoo, man. <laughs> it's just totally cuckoo. But I think the best line, the the best writing, the Journalism of the Year Award has to go for this story because of their placement of two facts right up against one another. I'm going to read directly from the story. Um, one of those acts included participating in, quote, a ritualistic eating of babies, <laughs> end quote, according to... Volsiski. Nasif, quote, was in a highly vulnerable physical and mental state due to her pre-existing eating disorder. <laughs> End quote, according to the complaint. Babies are beautifully marbled. I don't know if you knew this. They have a lot of, co- they have, the connective tissue just melts too. It's just beautiful. I mean, it's like eating veal. It's just beautiful stuff. I thought atheists were the ones who eat babies, not Satanists. I don't know. Is there really a difference? I don't I, know. I don't know. Well, you, we talked about the difference. We actually got yelled at in the past about the difference. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like Anton LaVey will be the guy who uh, who eats the babies here. Um, what is it? What, what? I don't understand the, 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 the link here between satanic cults and eating babies. Is that like sort of like, I mean, is that a thing? I don't, I don't have any idea. I don't think. I mean, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I still don't think there's any real satanic cults. I think all that shit is made up by fucking Christian hysterics that uh, are, are super worried about you know a competing denomination of their own religion. This this is this is just nonsense. The the therapist basically implanted memories 
um, and uh, told this person. And, and later in the article, they're like, I don't understand how I don't remember being in this satanic cult. <laughs> you would think <laughs> if I was fucking snacking on babies, I would recall that because I'd be all like, hey, how were the baby feasts yesterday? I was pretty good. Well, and you know, here's another thing, Tom. People tend to keep track of their babies. Right. Um, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> they just, you know, they just do. They just tend to, like, know when they've had them. And they, they tend to know uh, where they're at at most times. Uh, so if you were, say, eating babies... Um, you would probably, um, somebody would probably notice. Yeah, they'd be like, where did all these babies go? You know, like, the thing is, anybody who believes this is a f- freaking idiot. Anytime one of these, anytime a baby goes missing, right, it's like the biggest uh, fucking story Amber possible. Amber alert. Right. It's, it's like all over the news, like crying parents and like, oh, the baby's gone. And then it always seems to end up that the parents fucking killed the baby. But. Regardless, like when, when babies go missing, we are a, so jaded at this point. I know, right? The babies are probably like, and you killed your baby, didn't you? The, the, bear, the parents were hungry. Who can blame yeah. them? They had an eating disorder. <laughs> they have to eat babies. That's the disorder. disorder. It's like you can't eat just one. It turns out <laughs> once they pop, you can't stop. Babies so. are like delicious potato <laughs> chips. And we're not gerbils. We don't yeah. breed it at such a fucking prodigious rate. That we can't even, that we're just like, fuck, just, I'm so hungry, I'm just going to eat one of them. And like, like, like women are walking down the street, they don't even notice these babies are just falling out, you know? It's just like, they're just like lying in the streets with babies. What? There's yeah. like kid janitors with push brooms yeah. pushing babies out of the way. Shooka, 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 babies are everywhere. Oh, man. <laughs> they, if, okay, so here's a little fucking PSA for the listeners. If somebody tells you you were involved in a satanic cult, you weren't. <laughs> you just weren't. If somebody told you you ate a baby, you didn't. You probably <laughs> didn't, it turns out. If somebody tells you you have multiple personalities, demand postcards. Yeah. <laughs> Tell yourself, you're writing yourself letters. <laughs> if the ionization rate is constant for all ectoplasmic entities, we could really bust some heads. In a spiritual sense, of course. So the Catholic Church is really uh, doing it right this time. The, the, the lead exorcist, the, the man who is in charge of uh, Vatican's chief exorcist. So we talked last time about their chief astronomer. Now we're talking about their chief exorcist. Let's not get these confused, He's people. He's the CEO. He's sure. the <laughs> chief exercising <laughs> officer. <laughs> he thought he was going to have to do jumping jacks, yeah. but it turned out to be a totally different program. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, he claims that Harry Potter and yoga are dangerous; that they lead to Satanism and evil. I, well, I, I kind of agree with him about the Harry Potter. But, uh, <laughs> he says it's funny because they quote him. He says, "I was talking about yoga here," and he says they could degenerate into a cult of the body that debases Christian prayer. Yoga poses could create a feeling of well-being in the body. Uh, but it was erroneous to confuse that with the authentic consol- consolations of the Holy Spirit. Uh, w- they're talking about yoga poses somehow being satanic. I, I disagree. I, I 
I think yoga, one of the things, like, first off, I've never seen an unsexy yoga person. Like, fat <laughs> right? people can't do yoga, period, right? So fat, ugly people just don't do yoga. The people that do it are sexy. So for me, I'm already lured in. Like, I've only seen sexy yoga people. And also, yoga has produced yoga pants. Hello? <laughs> Well, that's why he's so concerned. He can't I, do anything yeah, about it, right? Yeah. This guy wakes <laughs> he's up. He's a frustrated old man and who the, doesn't want anybody else to have any fun. This is a guy who believes he that, that his job is to kick demons out of people. Yeah. Well, like, to evict. This guy is the fucking Bank of America for demons, right? Yeah. Like, he's fucking foreclosing and kicking them out of their fucking house. <laughs> This guy is, are, are you fucking kidding me? This man starts off every morning thinking he believes his favorite book is The Exorcist. Yeah, well. This, he believes he in it's demons. An autobiography. <laughs> I, I, like, I don't even know what to say after that. Like, somebody starts off a conversation with like, well, what do you do for a little? Well, I believe in demons and I kick them out of people. Like, okay, I believe you're a credulous fuckwit. Yeah. I believe you, everything you say is automatically and forever suspect. You believe in fucking magic, dude. I believe in Penn and Teller. I love this part where he says, The Harry Potter books, which have sold millions of copies worldwide, seem innocuous, but in fact encourage children to believe in black magic and wizardry. So does the Bible, dude. <laughs> the fuck? Right. We, this is the thing. If it's just a matter of believing in it, well, you believe in it. You clearly believe in black. You believe it exists. You believe in black magic and wizardry. Or you wouldn't be worried about it. Right. I am really not worried about black magic. <laughs> I, do kids it's real? Do kids really think that though? That think it's no. real? Because no. I, 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 I contend that if a kid is a you know doesn't have this sort of magical worldview of the fucking Catholic Church to back him up, he's gonna look at this and he's gonna be like, well, it's just a fucking book. Look, if you don't understand that that Hogwarts is not a real place. You probably are too stupid to read. Yeah. So you're not going to get to the point where you're reading Harry Potter. You're still you're still working on Hop on Pop at this point. <laughs> These are the people too who think that the fucking Da Vinci Code exists. Right. Okay. They're like reading Dan Brown. They're first tolerating it, you know, and then second actually believing that it's true. This is the same guy. This exorcist says uh, science is incapable of explaining evil. It's not worth a jot. How do you know? Yeah, well. You know clearly nothing about anything. Yoga yeah. is not supposed to replace the authentic consolations of the Holy Spirit. It has nothing to fucking do with the Holy Spirit. It's about making women look hot. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it's for, dude. Succeeding. <laughs> succeeding. All I'm saying is downward facing <laughs> dog. <laughs> Oh, I got to go tend to the tiny URL here. So. <laughs> All right, so we're going to do a quick interview with uh, Patrick Redman from the Birmingham Skeptics in a Pub, the best skeptics in the pub in the UK, it turns out, <laughs> uh, according to Patrick anyway. So, Patrick, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay. Um, yeah, like I say, my name's Patrick Redman. I live in Birmingham, the UK, and I'm one of the organisers of our Skeptics in the Pub. And the Skeptics in the Pub is a, a huge thing over here. It's growing and growing and growing. 
which is fantastic because you cut off the nearby evangelical groups growing and all the different kinds of uh, alternative medicine groups growing. And over here, the skeptics and the pubs are these little bastions of rationality and interest and science that attract all kinds of geeks and nerds, no, ordinary <laughs> people. <laughs> and there's something like 45 or 46 of them now. Wow. And uh, we managed to grab the uh, URL skepticsinthepub.co.uk. And if you go there, you'll find links to the kind of stuff we do. But there's also a link, if there's any uh, UK listeners out there, I'm sure there are. Uh, there's also a link to all the skeptics groups in the UK. There's a page wow. in there with them. So if you want to find out where your local one is or the fact that you don't have a local one and you want to set one up, there's all the kinds of information you, you need for doing that there. Wow. So We have like 46 skeptics in the, skeptics in the United States. So you guys have 46 <laughs> groups. We have like 46 I, skeptics. I, I can't even imagine what it must be like to be a skeptic in the States. I've, I've, I've got skeptic spends, skeptic spends over there. Have you, have you ever spent any time tied to a post with, with burnt, like wood burning around you? Because that's kind of what it's like. I mean, you know. It's nothing I'm a few not days say that Hillary like that. won't cure. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Walk, walk through Texas with a t-shirt with Darwin's face on one front oh. and Dawkins' face on the back of it and see how long you last. Yeah, you might as well get gay bashed <laughs> yeah. at that point. I think your walk through Texas would quickly become a run through Texas, then yeah. a sprint out of Texas, then eventually yeah. a short burial in Texas. Yeah, there's some you know there's some bastions of of uh, of skepticism in in the United States, but there's big swaths of rural God fearing country over here, and that's not a place where you want to be a, a skeptic. No, it's, it's almost like we it's, market credulity as a family value. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's not it's, it's it's not the good. <laughs> yeah, it's mad, don't you? Because like your whole basis of your society was set up on freedom of expression and individuality and things like that, and the last thing that's you seem to be able to be is individuals or free because if you express those kind of views you're going to get people with placards outside your house (laughs) right i hear a lot uh from the people that listen to uh, our podcasts that live in the uk they talk a lot about uh how they they kind of look at us like like you're looking at us like that's very strange your your culture is very strange they have this sort of weird fascination with our culture and how we are there are these groups over here that are crazy evangelical. Do you have those like mega churches and crazy evangelical groups and things like that and people like that running and possibly getting elected to government in the UK? Not so much running and getting elected for government, I don't think. We do have evangelical groups. I mean I've got um it sounds odd, but I've got a friend who's a member of an evangelical group. He's one of the ministers, and we became friends because we have these regular debates and arguments because he's very good on logic and philosophy and I have to try to keep pointing out to him that believing in God isn't actually logical. <laughs> so, so we have we have these debates, and he belongs to this very, very fast-growing evangelical church over here. And you've got those outshoot churches like the one that's um, doing the anointing down in, in London, the synagogue church, and you've got all those kinds of things. But in mainstream politics, it's, it's kind of not really seen as being great to be overtly religious <laughs> there's nothing wrong with being religious like um tony blair for instance everyone knew he was religious but he very much kept it out of his main political thing and he waited until he left power and then he converted to catholicism but that was once he'd left power and it's it's not very often you will hear many people who are, who are going for the top jobs in politics talking 
a great deal about their religious beliefs or religious convictions. So, yeah, no, it's almost kind of an opposite thing over here in some respects. So, so the skeptics over there, you guys get to focus then uh, a lot, I would imagine, on non-religious issues, you know, issues of alternative medicine. I know that homeopathy is a big... Uh a big hot button issue over yonder. Is that correct? It is, yeah. And I think the skeptics haven't tackled. In fact, there's probably a bit of a delay, debate over here about um, whether skepticism and atheism should be grouped together. And I don't know, it might be the same over there, really. And uh, some skeptics feel that they're just not interested in religion. In fact, I've heard Stephen Avella say the same thing. Like, he's an atheist, but he doesn't really tackle atheism and his skepticism because it, it just doesn't interest him. And I think that atheism doesn't cross into everyone's radar it does mine it's a big area for me because by training i'm a theologian is my academic background so like i'm an atheist with a theology degree and uh, i find the religious side of things really really interesting but i think that that probably a, a bigger topic is the alternative medicine and particularly homeopathy the uh, merseyside skeptics they uh, they conducted and coordinated the 1023 campaign. I don't know if you ever came across that. We, I, I, um, I listened to your podcast that was on the 10, uh, that you recorded, I think, at 1023. Last year, they ran this big um, skeptical conference um, called QED, and they did the 1023 thing there last time. Yeah. And it's where you get thousands of skeptics, but they did it all over the world. They had groups of skeptics stationed over the world and all at the same coordinated time. Like they took an overdose of homeopathy. It's like eating a whole load of I heard sweetness. That. Yeah. I, I, heard your, I heard your podcast on this and, and you said that you're, you, you, were, you were overwhelmed with how sweet it was because it's it all just sugar pills. Absolutely, like you know, and it just shows how, how nonsensical it is, you know. But in some ways, the depressing thing is that even though it is so blatantly and demonstrably nonsensical, so many people still go for it, and it still goes on. And I think that, like, you kind of get the feeling that the skeptics is that you chiseling at this this great wall of belief out there because people just seem to want to believe in magic. And if they, if they don't believe in God, then they'll believe in homeopathy. If they don't believe in homeopathy, then they'll believe in ghosts or they'll believe in UFOs or something. There's something that they want to believe that's, that's supernatural, it feels like yeah. to me. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And I think, you know, the thing about being a skeptic is that quite often people just see it as being unimaginative and a killjoy. You know, oh, you don't believe in ghosts, you don't believe in this. <laughs> but that's just the best part of being a skeptic. That's not the only <laughs> yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah, that's the benefit. That's, that's the meat and potatoes, yes, but, yeah. you know. Yeah. That's the bit where nobody will talk to you yeah. in the staff room anymore. Because, <laughs> they didn't talk to me to begin with. Fuck them. <laughs> They're all huddled in little corners yeah. talking about yetis and Loch Ness monsters. Speaking like of, hold on now. So you run, you actually, like... Like we're going to talk about your podcast in a second, Patrick. But yeah, sure. you you actually get together with people in the pub, drink lots of drinks, and talk about skepticism. Is that kind of the group that you belong to? All the skeptics in the pubs are totally autonomous. I mean, there is no governing skeptical body in this country. So okay. it's just people <laughs> okay. who've gone up and set up. In fact, I think you know someone who says like trying to organize skeptics is like trying to hurt yeah, skeptical right, right. anarchy think, over uh, there. What's going yeah. on? <laughs> <laughs> so you got all these different skeptics in the pub groups and, and the model of them the way that they tend to run these groups is that um, you get a speaker in okay and it's usually a speaker on some kind of science or skeptical subject like so we've had ghosts and we've had ufos but we've also had physicists and people who've looked at the future and i try to get 
I try to get people from the other side as well. So this January speaker who's coming to our talk is um, he's a thermodynamics lecturer in physics, full on professor. He's a professor doing thermodynamics and everything, but he's also a young Earth creationist no. who does talks for Answers what? in Genesis. What? what? How does so, that? So I mean, happen? if we're talking about if we're talking about cognitive dissonance, like I think. <laughs> This guy lives think, it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, and we've got him coming to do the talk and fair play to him because he knows it's going to be a skeptical audience. And uh, they come in and introduce them and everything. And they do a talk for 45 minutes to a minute. So everyone buys drinks, sit down, listen to the talk. Then there's a break where everybody goes and gets some more drinks and chats and everything for about 25, 30 minutes. Then they come back and whoever's done the talk gets up and does a question and answer session. Oh, that's pretty clever. And, uh, and then we... We, we get more drinks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, so there's a fair bit of drinking. You know, yeah. it's not compulsory to get drunk. Sure. But like it can help. <laughs> um, so so we do we do that and that's a that's a typical night. But we do other things as well. We get involved with other groups and we coordinate other activities. And some of the skeptical groups out there, like the Merseyside skeptics and the Greater Manchester skeptics and a few others, they um, organise big conferences and get togethers and the Edinburgh skeptics, the Edinburgh skeptics, and if you've heard of the Edinburgh Fringe, it's this month long festival of drama and comedy they do a whole month of events all through the festival every single day two or three wow. events uh, kind of panel games and podcasts and Jeez. talks and lectures and things and it's just uh, the skeptical scene over here is really lively i want you guys vibrant. to calm down a little because you make us look bad that's all i'm saying i just want you guys to calm down <laughs> this and i were so looking got- for skeptics groups in our area we're like oh they're no longer active they're no longer active that's <laughs> like it's pathetic yeah. We, the best we could do was a Facebook page for right. our areas. So. <laughs> what is your podcast about? Okay, my podcast kind of happened by accident. I started, I started off, um, a friend was doing a podcast where he just wanted people to contribute to it. And so what I did was um, initially when we had speakers come to the skeptics in the pub, I'd just record a quick 10-minute interview with him and upload that for him to go on his podcast. And then he said, no, I'll just put these out as separate podcasts. And he put them out as separate podcasts. And then I just carried it on. So uh, like everything in my life, there was no real planning behind it and no real kind of ambition. I just accidentally happened into doing this. And what I do is I basically find people who are around the skeptic science scene who are doing something I think sounds interesting. And I'll talk to them. So that might be podcasters like you lot. Or it might be people who've just written something good, or it might be people who believe in in uh, ghosts and supernatural. Or sometimes, what I quite like to do is to just get ordinary people that I notice on Twitter or who I meet who aren't doing anything fantastic, but they're doing well. They are doing fantastic things, but nobody knows about what they do. So people who are working behind the scenes, spreading science and communicating with people and, and just doing really, really good stuff. I like to talk to them about what they're doing. So that's it, really. It's it's nothing nothing glamorous, but it's just an honest little me talking to people I find interesting. Well, if you want to listen to Patrick's show, uh, Patrick, where could they go to listen to it? It's on iPadio, so probably just best to Google. If you Google Birmingham Skeptics and iPadio, that's I-P-A-D-I-O, you can go to a site where you can stream it. Or you can go to iTunes and uh, do a search for Birmingham Skeptics and you can get the last 12 issues on there for some reason. That's all that goes up. Or if you just go to our webpage, www.skepticsinthepub.co.uk, you can find links to everything on there. Patrick, I want to thank you for bringing a level of sophistication, which we cannot bring to this program. So thank you for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Patrick. Fantastic.
Yeah, no, it's really good. Thank you. So we got a few emails we got to go over and got to talk about, as well as some ratings on iTunes and uh, some interaction with our Facebook page. Some of the interaction with our Facebook page led to some of the stories that we griped about on this episode. So keep in mind that if you guys want to interact with us on Facebook, um, please do so. Send us stories. Send us ideas. Don't make us dredge it up ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> it just leads to this. Yeah, this is, this is the this product. This is the best so, we can yeah. do. You clearly yeah. want and deserve something more. Um, but we got an email from John. Um, John said that uh, he relays a story that once uh, he had contacts, he was working with some chili peppers and uh, rubbed his hands uh, on his eyes and uh, didn't enjoy it, Cecil. Um, did not enjoying it at all. He said it was so traumatic, he pretty much stopped ever wearing contacts again after that. <laughs> Jeez, man. I feel bad for you, dude. I do too. <laughs> God. Well, yeah, and 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 that's and I think this is a perfect illustration that you know the the thing that John dealt with was a tiny amount of capsaicin compared to what they put in those pepper spray cans, right? And these people got sprayed directly in their face, fire hose style, um, and and it it was just you know it's police brutality. I mean, it's fucking plain and simple. Joe rec- uh, Joe sent us an email, and he recommends a pat. Condal, and I'll put the link on our site, patcondal.net. He's a UK commentator. Uh, I took a look at this site. This person has a bunch of videos up, and uh, it's pretty funny, and he's got a lot of interesting points. So if you want to go take a look at it, Joe had suggested it to everyone. So I'll post that, like I say, on this week's, this episode, uh, show notes. And then we also got an email from uh, Steve. Steve is uh, old school. He's from Everyone's Steve a Critic. Is, he, Steve is fucking <laughs> totally fucking OG. Like he is fucking as OG as you get with us. Because he was he was the first. I think he was the first person outside of our wives that actually contacted our show many many years ago when we were doing Everyone's a Critic. He was the like one of the first people ever to send us anything. And both Tom and I back then were absolutely floored that somebody that doesn't know us was listening and also doesn't come from the same country. So oh, I, shout I, out I to still Steve. still can't believe it. Are who's you kidding awesome. me? <laughs> and who's, who's stuck with us after all these years. Right on, Steve. So he sent us a link to an irate English woman on a, uh, on a tram, which read here, train or subway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, I can't discern on this crazy, racist, bigoted tirade with her toddler in her lap. Is it that is what a it bizarre, is, bizarre video. Is that what it was? I couldn't understand a fucking thing she said. So <laughs> I, uh, I needed subtitles for this so bad. She's talking and she keeps on saying England's gone fuck all. Fuck all, fuck all, fuck. She kept saying it over and over and over again. And I keep wondering what she means, but uh, but yeah, it was a crazy video. That woman is so racist. Like she belongs understand. in Kentucky. Send her over here. Right. We have churches that would welcome they would her with welcome open her arms. Open arms. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh but but Steve wanted to make sure that we stress that he does not agree with anything that this woman said <laughs> at all. Period. It's uh yeah th- th- this is a, a bizarre video. The woman was arrested. Good, I mean, <laughs> deserved it. Right. What else do you have to say about that? Like, mm, yeah, fucking racist whack job with a kid in her lap starts screaming yeah. random that insults. Kid, that kid is gonna fucking have a great upbringing. Oh right my god! There, right. Here's That's, your role model. Way to parent. Enjoy fuck that. Wet. 
I was conversing with some people on Twitter all week. Uh, thanks for sending us tweets back and forth. Uh, I uh, got a chance to talk to several different people, people who promote the show and who help us out. We want to thank you if you contact us on Twitter. Uh, thanks again for for retweeting our stuff and for uh, for mentioning us and just for telling us that you like the show. We got a couple of those tweets this week, and it's great to get. So thanks for contacting us on Twitter and Facebook. We want to also say thank you to Patrick Redmond uh, from Skeptics in the Pub uh, Birmingham, who is uh, set at this point to take over the skeptics in the pub completely in the UK. He's going to be the skeptic king. I think that's what they're going to call him, the skeptic right. I, yeah. dictator. I don't know what, what title they're going to use. No, they have gonna, kings in England. Do they yeah, have it's it's kings. kings? Okay, yeah. fair enough. He'll have a skeptical yeah. castle. Skeptical. <laughs> Uh... <laughs> I don't believe it exists. So, uh, but but thank you. Uh, you can always go to his website. It's Skeptics in the Pub. That's one word. Co. Uh, you can also just do a search for Skeptics in the Pub Birmingham. Uh, you can find out find his podcast from that site. We're supposed to be on his podcast soon. We're not sure when that's going to be released, but we'll let you know via Facebook and Twitter and our w- website when we are. Uh, when that interview does come out. But we had a great interview with him, and we had a lot of fun, and we're happy that he was able to join us. We're in contact now with a couple other people but we'll, we'll to be on our show, but we'll let you know as more stuff gels, and it'll be after the new year. So as always, Tom, we're going to leave people with this skeptic's creed. Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter, mommy issue, hypno-Babylon bullshit. Couched in scientician, double bubble, toil and trouble, pseudo quasi alternative, acupunctuating, pressurized, stereogram, pyramidal, free energy, healing, water, downward spiral, brain dead pan, sales pitch, late night info docutainment. Leo Pisces, cancer cures, detox, reflex, foot massage, death in towers, tarot cars, psychic healing, crystal balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, aliens, churches, mosques, and synagogues, temples, dragons, giant worms, Atlantis, dolphins, truthers, birthers, witches, wizards, vaccine nuts, shaman healers, evangelists, conspiracy, doublespeak, stigmata, nonsense. Expose your signs. Thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, conclusive. Doubt even this. 